0: Hello. Hello. And
1: welcome. Ding
0: dong. Welcome back. Hi, ding dong. <laughs> whats is welcome back. Just uh, recording my podcast. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, wow. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, same. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Welcome, guys. It's paranormal.
1: We've got a hometown haunt episode today. Yep, we do. And i'm pretty excited about it i've got some good paranormal stories that i found on reddit again um and one of them is not paranormal
0: but still scary so i decided to include it cool (laughs) um yeah Um, i too have some paranormal stories to read mine are from the kit and uh they're like their reader submitted stories so Mm -hmm. yeah i i diverged from the norm and uh (laughs) <laughs> went down this road instead sweet
1: sweet sweet all right well so i heard that both of your countries are in the finals did
0: you hear from my For facebook post oh i did i died i just hope they both have fun. i haven't posted a status update on facebook in like two years oh and that i was like i'm going big on this one uh I literally as a child was like like one was always out early so I'd be like all right well I guess you're done guess Um, this is who I'm going with yeah so I yeah I'm very excited I this has never happened to me before I am a avid soccer player slash watcher so (laughs) sweet
1: or football for those who are European Um, listening (laughs) I used to play defense on my soccer team, and I was so good. I'm not even joking. I was really good, and then I was like, "Fuck
0: this! I don't want to do this." Anymore. I won best defenseman. Um, Whoa! I got an award for best defenseman. But then, Congrats. so this was a conversation. Why that didn't I- you pursue this? Cause I was seven when I got that award, and my skills didn't develop. I guess they stunted at seven. Yes, I continued playing for a while longer. I think it was till the eighth grade, and then oh, I played. I'm gonna go. I played till I was 18. I just my skills did not continue to develop. So I was like at my prime at seven years old. I was I was best defenseman. I even scored 10 goals that year. And somehow, I don't know, I got bored in defense. And then after that, Mm -hmm. my glory days are over. My mom still has all of my trophies They're in my garage. Um, Of course she does. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with Uh. them. Like I can't donate them. And I feel weird just throwing them out but uh yeah 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 I was saying the other yesterday to Admir's family I was just like yeah I was a great defenseman but because I was like just a little bit like faster they always Mm -hmm. put me on midfield but I do not have the lungs for or or the stamina for (laughs) midfield like I just don't and I'd be like, stop putting me on midfield. <laughs> I just want to play defense. I just want to block the ball. I don't want to have to run back and forth. I don't have the lung capacity for this. Like, and, and then when I get the ball on midfield, I always, my anxiety kicked in. And I, I wish I had like a video of myself when I would get the ball because I would just like freeze and then go, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then I would just fall over the ball. Like I wouldn't know where See, I couldn't kick it. I couldn't figure out when I was like, had a breakaway shot. That's not what it's called in soccer, but that's what I'm calling it right now. Um, sure. <laughs> I could never, I could never kick it because my anxiety would kick in. So I was like, just there, keep me back there, guys. Like I, I know how to block. I don't know how to yeah. kick and, and, and drive the ball forward.
1: Yeah. This sounds like me and basketball as well. Mm. This is what I was mm. like when I played basketball.
0: Anyway, I digress. Here we go. <laughs> a nightmare. If you've made it this far, thanks. If you made guys. it this far, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I will
1: start with my story that's not paranormal. It's also like 30 seconds, so I'll tell this one and then I'll go right to another one after it. Okay. Um, so this was a terrifying story to me. Uh I'm a safari guide. I woke up one morning with something very warm, rather soft, and comfy on my back. I realized I was sleeping with my back against the canvas of my tent. I realized after that that this was an animal. It was a really cold winter night. Temperatures dropped close to zero. What the fuck? As I moved a bit, I heard a voice from my buddy from his tent, and he spoke a bit hushed and with a definite tremble in his voice. Are you awake? stupid me replied with a strong voice yes the Mm -hmm. animal next to me got up and luckily ran away it was a big male lion
0: (gasps) (laughs) how fucking scared what
1: i would quit the next day that's literally the end of the story and i was like that is one of the scariest stories i've ever heard
0: oh my god you could have been eaten alive
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'll go on to a paranormal story. Yeah, okay, okay, sounds good. Okay, so this was Zayar Hutton, and uh, they say, I live in a condominium, and we own two apartments on the seventh and eighth floor. The only way to move in between them is to step out of the apartment, take the elevator or the staircase, and enter the other one. One night, we ran out of ice cream upstairs, and my mom told me to go get some from the downstairs freezer, so I took the keys to the seventh floor's apartment, and since it was dinner time, no one was there. I walked into the pitch dark and realized that someone was sitting on the sofa, so I flipped the switch to see my dad just sitting there. It was kind of weird, but I just went to get the ice cream and asked if he had a key to lock up. No answer. I shrugged and I thought, well, if he came in and locked the door behind him, he must have a key. Went back upstairs and my dad was sitting there eating dinner. I freaked out and asked how the heck, right, how the heck did he get up here so fast? And everyone told me that he had been there all this time. I told them that, that it wasn't possible because I just saw him downstairs, but no one believed me. Now I never go down there alone. To clear some stuff up... Each of our apartment doors are fitted with three types of locks. There's a gate which has its own keyhole and lock. We put another lock in it so you have to unlock the gate twice. Then there's the door and its own lock so you need three keys just to enter if no one is inside. I did get a good look at it and it was 100% my father. He's kind of chubby and has this serious looking face so it's kind of hard to mistake him. The apartments are not accessible because not only are they not on the same floor, they aren't even located on top of each other. There's an elevator in between them, and they are on different floors, so there's no way for anyone to go up or down without first meeting in the elevator or on the staircase.
0: Sorry, did I miss a part where his dad's alive? Like, or dead?
1: Yeah. No, his dad's alive. Okay. He went down to the other apartment and saw his dad sitting at the table. Okay. He said to his dad, do you have a key to lock up? And his dad didn't respond. So he was like, he must have a key if he got in here. Right. Went upstairs and his dad was actually upstairs eating dinner. So he was like, what the fuck? We would have had to have passed each other if you left the apartment. Like, how did you get up here before me? So an
0: apparition of his father was at some was downstairs. Or or a doppelganger. A doppelganger. Ooh, that creeps me out. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that I really peeps me out. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. A shapeshifter. Ooh, I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't like it at all. No, thanks. Okay. Um, oh, man. So I am going to read a story submitted by Kelly to um, the kit. And it's called The One with an Encounter So Dangerous It Made a Family Move. So when I was seven, when I was seven, I lived up on the top floor of a house that was haunted by ghosts. This house was home to a ghost and his squad ghost friends. They'd like walk through my bedroom some nights chatting and laughing like they were walking home from the pub. Weirdly, their voices sounded far away, but in my room. Then, they'd go their separate ways and the ghost would go to our kitchen and move our chairs around, then stomp back to my room and stand beside my bed. I knew he was staring at me because I could feel his heavy presence. I wasn't afraid really, but I'd throw my blanket over my head and wish him away. Some mornings, I could hear my mom talking to my dad saying, Jesus, he's moved the damn chairs around again. (laughs) Oh my god. She literally spells it Jesus. Um, I love this. Yeah. Anyway, one night after the squad said their goodbyes and the ghost started pacing back and forth at the end of my bed. Again, I threw my covers over my head and wished him away. The next morning, my mom couldn't wake me up. I looked fine. I was breathing. I had good color. So she thought that maybe I was just extra tired and let me sleep. About every half an hour, she'd come in to check on me, but she started to get nervous after hours of this. She sat down beside me, tried to lift me up and shake me a bit, but I was just dead weight. Her words, not mine. She was so scared that she fetched our neighbor, Bernice, who came in to take a look. Again, I wouldn't wake up and I felt like dead weight. The neighbor thought (sighs) I looked fine and maybe I was just starting to come down with something. They both decided to wait for my dad to come home, which was in a few hours. Dad came home and my mom and Bernice frantically ushered him to my bedside. He was furious as to why they hadn't called an ambulance. The dead weight part was too much for him to fathom. He tried Mm -hmm. to wake me up, but nothing. Dad was about to call the ambulance, and I suddenly woke up. As I opened my eyes, all three of them, dad, mom, and Bernice were staring down at me like they'd seen, well, a ghost. Mom started to cry and hugged me for dear life. She told me how I wouldn't wake up and asked me if I was all right. I said I was fine, but that he was pacing back and forth at the end of the bed, and then I finally fell asleep. Bernice asked, who's he? Dad said, that's it, we're moving. After that, the ghost and his ghost friends took a different route back from the pub and never walked through my room again, not even to say goodbye. We moved about a month later. So that was um, Kelly's experience with her... um, 20 year old ghost, or whatever the hell it was. Right. I just don't know what he did. Like, did he petrify her? Like, what did he do? (laughs) Like, why is she? I don't, that's wizardry. I don't even know what that is. But anyway.
1: This one comes from Founded Hartford. So much weird stuff like this has happened to my family over the years, particularly with my mom below are a couple fan favorites. One, my parents have been married for maybe a month. They were in bed, sound asleep when all of a sudden my mom jumped up and woke up my dad. Jimmy, Jimmy, there's blood everywhere. We have to help them, please. My dad tried his best to calm her down and figure out what she was talking about. My mom had explained that she saw a car with a German license plate on the side of the road that there had been an accident, and that they needed help. My dad tried to console her to explain that it was obviously just a bad dream, but she wasn't having it. So to appease her, they got in the car and drove to the spot my mom thought the accident was. And sure enough, at the exact spot my mom said, there was a car on the side of the road with German plates and emergency flashers on. Upon closer investigation, there was nobody in the car. If they needed help, help had already come. Number two, my parents had just had their first child, my oldest sister, Kathy. They had been living in Italy at the time. My dad was in the Air Force and had brought her back to the U.S. to introduce her to to the grandparents, uh, my dad's parents. So their first night there, my mom was asleep in the front bedroom, jet lagged. My dad had gone out to hang out with his brothers, and in the middle of the night, this woman walked into my mom's room, waking her up. Jeez. She sits down on the bed and says, Shh, it's okay. I just wanted to welcome you to the family. Oh. My mom was scared. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> let me sleep, lady. <laughs> my mom was scared, obviously, but figured this was some relative or family friend or something that had come over. The woman walked over to the bassinet where my baby sister was sleeping. Is this your daughter? My mom nodded. She's beautiful. It's lovely to meet you both. And then she left. My mom wakes up the next day and is having breakfast with my grandmother when she brings it up. Who was the woman that came over last night? My grandmother has no idea what she was talking about. Hmm. My mom told her the whole story and my grandmother asked what she looked like. My mom said she was tall, had long white hair, and was wearing a blue dress. My grandmother's face went white as a sheet. She rummaged through some old pictures and pulled one out. Is this her? She asked my mom, who nodded in return. That's my mother. She's oh. been dead for twenty years, and we buried
0: her in a blue dress. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's wild. I know. That's very I cool. I know. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Cool. So, uh, the house in Rosedale that we lived in until I was thirteen was fully, fully haunted. Like, there's no way to even deny it. It was built in the late 1800s, and during the Second World War, it became a rooming house for women whose husbands had gone to war and their children. That might be why we felt like our ghosts were maybe a mother and her child, because there was a maternal presence and a more playful kid like energy, too. There were things that happened almost every day, like the front door opening and closing, followed by the sound of someone running up the stairs you get up from the living room to see who was home, and of course, there was no one there. You'd often hear someone bouncing a ball up and down on the third floor. In fact, I remember laying in bed one day when I was homesick from school and just getting annoyed by this kid making a noise above my head. The room above me, where the noise is coming from, was also my mom's office. And she said she often heard the keys on her keyboard going impossibly fast, like a kid playing around. Of course, when she went up to check, there was no one there, and the computer was off. The female ghost was always lovely and protective towards my mom and me, but she hated men. One time, my parents got into an argument, and my dad was relegated to the spare room. That room had a screened porch that opened off of it, and in the middle of the night, the door to the porch swung open. There was wind everywhere and the sheets were ripped off the bed and flung across the room. My dad woke up petrified and ran back to my parents' room. My mom says she's never seen him so scared. She likes to think it was the ghost who'd seen them having this big fight and decided he needed to be dealt with. That porch (laughs) room, by the way, was also my playroom. And I can definitely remember feeling sometimes like there was someone else in there with me but it was never Ooh. scary for, or foreboding in any way. It was almost comforting. Mm-hmm. I always felt like we were just living alongside the echoes of someone else living their life and somehow we happened to overlap. Alex.
1: I'd be pissed if I was the dad. I mean, that's...
0: <laughs> probably deserved it, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. You're right. <laughs> I wish I had a ghost that would defend me like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, not that fair. I get it's in true. that, like, many, like, big fights or anything, but... it' if i did like i'd like a ghost to defend me when i get into arguments with steven at the house from now
1: on i'm gonna be like i'm gonna tell my grandpa to get you yeah <laughs> sick of ghosts sick him grandpa <laughs> get him gramps <sighs> he'll get yeah. so mad he hates ghost shit that's so i cannot wait to do this now. you need to do this now <laughs> this is the only I'm thing you can to. do yeah I'm going to record it, too, so I can show you. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Okay. So this next one, uh, the username has been deleted, so I can't tell you who sent it. But okay. they said, I used to work doing maintenance at, a hist- at historic properties. There was a historic house museum that I worked at when it was not open to the public. It was part of a whole landmark site, there was a visitor center with offices, and then the house was about half a mile up a dirt road in a wooded area. Sometimes I worked with a crew, but there were a lot of times when I was there alone. One winter day, when it was really cloudy and dark, I was working alone to get ready to replace some electric work on the exterior of the house. I went inside and turned off the circuit to the whole property, and I tested it. Good, that's responsible. You don't want to get electrocuted. <laughs> it was off. I locked the doors and went outside to work. About, uh, after about an hour, I got down from my ladder and started walking around the house, and then one of the lights inside the house turned on. Hmm. I started to freak out, but thought maybe someone was playing a joke on me. I called the visitor center on my walkie-talkie and confirmed that the only other person who was working that day was still there, and they hadn't left and that all the keys to the house were present and accounted for. That's when I freaked out and ran the half mile up to the office. I made my co-worker come back with me to check out what was going on, but when we got to the house, the light was off again, but the bulb was still warm. All of the doors were still locked, and the circuit was still off. It still gives me shivers to this day. It's literally impossible when the electricity is turned off. Super spooky.
0: And That's it. <laughs> Dope. Um, I have another one. This okay. is not from the kit. This is from the myunidays.com. This one is called Full Heart Wet Hands. So I used to live at this address and it's blanked out. The houses were built to house the people building the railway in Derby in the 1800s. I only found this out after I left the house, thankfully. It was a creepy house, really foreboding, and every time I washed my hair in the shower, every time I opened my eyes, I expected something to be there. Anyway, I came back from an afternoon lecture one afternoon, opened the door, walked up the first flight of stairs, and saw a wet handprint on the floor. A really wet handprint. I was a bit like, mmm, very strange at that moment, but I didn't freak out. It was just the ordinary. So I walked Mm -hmm. up to see my housemate, Ed. I opened the door and he was on the phone to his girlfriend, not crying, but massively in distress. That was when the penny dropped. He then told me that as he was walking up the stairs earlier carrying a glass of water, he felt something cold go through him, almost a push, causing him to drop the water. He picked up the glass and ran upstairs to his room. The water falling out of the glass had created a handprint on the floor, literally a handprint, Every digit was in proportion. I did freak oh. out at that moment as I put two and two together. I told everyone to get out of the house, which we did, but then sheepishly returned after a FIFA session around the other, another friend's house. Like, I don't know if you remember okay. your friends playing FIFA on yeah. whatever, Xbox yes. or PlayStation. I don't even know what it was, but I vividly <laughs> remember that in university. Yes. It was genuinely terrifying. Might not sound it, but it was, and all true. If someone offered me $50 to go back and spend the night there by myself, despite the fact I lived there for a year with almost no incident, I wouldn't. There was something there that didn't want six college guys there. Unfortunately, I don't have a photo of the handprint. This was in 2012, prior to the culture of taking a photo selfie of literally everything. I wish I had, though. I'm okay without without that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm good without wet wet handprints
1: from <laughs> unseen hands.
0: I just want to know how it stayed wet for as long as it did. Like, I guess it... No, I, mean, I don't know. It, yeah, like when you when you walk around after you get out of the shower, it does leave footprints for quite some time. But. Yeah, dependent on, I guess, how much water there is, but not in like the perfect shape, right? No, yeah. It was quite... Just little puddles. Yeah, weird. Anyway, mm. well... fish. Anyway those anyway um yeah. stay tuned next week as i dive into the second part of our uh poltergeist yes which I'm i can't super wait excited for and Me uh too. yeah uh,
1: also if you guys want to hear your story on the podcast you can email us at paranormalpod at gmail.com or you can follow us or just dm us on instagram it's at paranormal pod uh yeah we obviously would love to read
0: your stories on the podcast or if you would like to be a guest on the podcast as well Mm -hmm. we would love to have you as a guest um so our patreons uh get that opportunity so feel free to uh join our patreon for the opportunity to be uh, a guest on the show
1: Mm-hmm. and if any of our current patrons want to come on that option is still open for you guys yeah because i don't we think had we've mentioned few. it in the last mm-hmm. there's been a few yeah, episodes yeah, lately we, where i'm like shit I, we there's didn't still one that. <laughs> that
0: he got back to me and then i responded to him and then the communication died out so well ryan if you're still out busy. there or if a ghost got you like i'm sorry but let us know yeah Let us know. We'd love to have you on. Yeah. Uh, And that's
1: it. So you guys should just stay spooky. Yeah. Because that's showbiz.
0: (laughs) Baby. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.